Good. Hopefully everyone's doing good on this cold and wet day. As Jeff mentioned earlier, my name is Ricardo Vargas. I've been um, serving with the youth for a little bit over a year now, and when the elders first approached me about preaching for the month of December, I was nervous. I said, what am I going to preach on for five weeks? Um, so I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed some more. <laughs> and some of the things that kept coming up and weighing heavy on my heart are things that have been weighing heavy on my heart for the past several months. Um, things that I've been observing and seeing just our culture today, whether it's the broader context of our culture or I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, on Reformed Christian Facebook groups online, and a lot of things that I'm seeing there have been weighing heavy on me. Uh, you can't hear me? Louder? Speak louder? Is that good? All right. Um, but yes, so I've been seeing and observing a lot of things that have been weighing heavy on my heart over the past several months. And I felt like the Lord was leading me to just talk about that and talk about the things that have just been weighing, that I've been observing and, and concerned about in our broader context as the church, the capital C church, the church as a whole, and things in our, in our subculture as that. So one of the things that I've seen that has been weighing heavy on me is this idea is the church as a whole, we have a lot of head knowledge. We have a lot of things that we know about God. We can quote Bible verses. We can go through all the stories. We can say and ex we can tell and name all the different characteristics of God. And we know these things. We know them like they're facts, like it's two plus two is four. But um, what I've seen is there's a lot of uh, there's a disconnect between what we know, our head knowledge, and how that plays out in our daily lives, our, our heart knowledge, as I would like to say. And so I, I would like to just take a couple I'd like to take today to talk about that, what it means, some of, look at some of the characteristics of God, what it means, um, and try to get us to go from more of a head knowledge to, to a heart knowledge where we're seeing these play out in our everyday lives. So that goal for the next several weeks is to look at that, look how God is reigning, as some of the songs were saying, how God rules over the earth, and how he's playing out our redemption currently. Um, looking at how God brings us to a point where he's saving, he's saving us. So that's what I would like to speak on for the next several weeks. And moving simply from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And that would be my goal. Um, and so if we can turn to Psalm 97 with me. And we'll be working our way through that, through those set of passages. And we'll see what the Lord has in store for us. Oh. So Psalms 97, we're going to read the whole passage, which is just 12 verses, so don't be scared. Um, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings, lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boasts and worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord, for you 
O Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for his righteousness and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. You guys will bow your heads and close your eyes as we pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord. We come before your throne. We throw ourselves at the foot of your throne, at the foot of your grace and mercy and love, Father God. And we ask that you be with us today as, as we um, dive into your word, as we seek your counsel on how you are working out things in this world, Father God. Be with us. We ask that you eliminate any distractions that may be, Lord. We ask that you speak clearly through me, Lord. We ask that people hearts are soft and they're able to receive what you want them to receive, Lord. We ask that this is a time of growth, a time of conviction, that we leave here wanting to live differently, Lord, wanting to live more for you, Father God. So we ask, we pray, may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be edifying to this congregation. In your name we pray. Amen. First thing I wanted to point out in this verse is we see is the Lord reigns, and that's in all caps, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Um, when we see this in our Bibles, this is referring to the Lord's most holy name, Yahweh, um, the name that we see um, God give Moses in Exodus 3. Um, it's, the, it's so holy that most of the Israelites oftentimes will use a different name, Adonai, to give God. Um, it's a name that they don't take very lightly. It's a name that is reserved just for God. And so we see is the Lord Yahweh reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. And there's, I believe there's significance on, on the author on why he chose this name. Because if you look later on in, in, in the passage, he's, he does use, you know, the regular, um, what we see most often, capital O, lowercase um, capital L, lowercase O-R-D. Um, so he's trying to get to a point here where he's saying to us, the Lord Yahweh, the most holy God, the most righteous God reigns. He's currently reigning now. Um, and what we see is when we use that name Yahweh, um, it has certain implications here. Um, we see that when we use the, Lord, the name Yahweh, it's God simply saying, when in Moses, he told Moses, I am who I am. I am the Lord. I just, I am God. And we see that what it means is that God is not dependent on anything or anyone. He just is God. He is constant. He is the same to yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, I am who I am. There is no improving God. There is no God. There is no, he's not getting any better. He just simply, he is God. God is the absolute truth of the absolute standard of truth and goodness. And that's all that this name, the Lord Yahweh, is implying, is referencing here is that the Lord is the absolute standard for good. He is the absolute standard for what is right. And we see that I believe the author is using this name very intentionally, and he's letting us know that this holy and most righteous God is currently reigning right now. He, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. 
So what does he mean by the Lord reigns? The Lord, I, I believe he's simply saying that the Lord has royal authority over the earth. He is sovereign over all of creation. The Lord, therefore, judges the creation. He is judge over everything. And he tells us we are to rejoice in this fact. We rejoice not because God is on our side. We rejoice because God is on his side. And what the scriptures tell us is that God will remain true to his character. Not us. God isn't going to judge according to our standards. God is going to judge the earth according to his standards. We see this in 2 Timothy 2.13 where it says, If we are faithless, he, God, remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So God will judge according to his standards. And as we go on, what does it mean? As we see in verse 2, Um, Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Or as the King James puts, it's his habitation of his throne. At the very core of God's reign, of God's kingship over the earth, is his righteousness and his justice. And that is how God is going to judge and rule over the earth. Not anything that we say or do but according to his majesty, according to his holiness, according to his righteousness and justice. Psalms 9.8 says he judges the world with righteousness. He judges people with uprightness. The standard by which God is going to choose to judge the earth is according to his righteousness according to his justice according to who god is god is holy god is right and we have no say on how he chooses to dwell out his his um punishment for sin as we'll see as we go on we see in verse three how does judge god how does god judge Fire goes before him, and he burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord Yahweh, before the Lord of all the earth. We see here in verse 3 how how God is going to judge the earth. And it says, the fire goes before him, and he burns up all his adversaries. We see that God is taking his kingship seriously. God does not take the fact that he is ruler lightly. God will judge the world according to his standards. And we see see how God deals with sin all throughout the Old Testament. We can read the story of Noah and the flood and just see how serious God takes sin. We can read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know what happens there, what happens when God judges. We can read what happens about to the Canaanites in Joshua, and we see that God is a God who takes sin seriously, and that God is first and foremost faithful to himself. And so what I think happens 
in the church today is I think we have an, a tendency to overemphasize sometimes on certain characteristics that make us feel good about ourselves, that make God not God in a sense. We, we have a chance, we, we often emphasize that God is, is love, and we forget that God is also a holy God, and we forget that God is also a righteous and just God, and that he is a God who is a wrathful God. He's a God who will judge according to all these things. And so we, we put an emphasis on, on God's love, and, and we paint this picture that God, of God that is not true, and all it does is makes us comfortable about ourselves. We feel good about ourselves because God is a God of love. And I'm not saying that God isn't. God is a God of love. But what we'll see is that God's love does not cancel out his righteousness. God's love does not cancel out the fact that he is a holy God and he is a just God. So we have to keep a balance when we're talking about the the characteristics of God and, and these implications. We need to put things and we need to have a balance. We often say God want, doesn't want to offend us. God, God is love, and God is this and that, and, and, we, and we like to put a nice, paint a nice picture and put a bow on it. And oftentimes we, we, we do that at, at the expense of realizing who God really is. And that God, yes, God is loving. God will judge according to his love. And that's the great thing that we'll see, hopefully we'll see over the next several weeks, is how that works, how that plans out. And so an overemphasis on God's love or any other characteristics often leads to a misunderstanding or a misapplication of, God, of some of God's other characteristics. We try to see, well, how's God, we, we misunderstand or misapply the fact that God is holy. And what does that mean? For God to be holy, God has to be separate from sin. For God to be holy, he has to be about his own business. You see, for God to be holy, he can't really be amongst sinners. He's separate from sin. And we oftentimes have a hard time understanding that or or, or, or we choose to ignore the fact that, that God is holy. And he is righteous because it doesn't sit well. Because at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, are we holy? Are we right? And we would have to answer with no. If God is to remain faithful to himself, then God has to be a righteous and just God. If God is to remain faithful to himself, he has to be a holy God. Who judges sin? Sin has to be judged for God to remain true and faithful to himself. And as we know, as we see in Romans six twenty-three, that the wages of sin is death. 
and it's not just certain sins. It's not big sins. Um, God's justice doesn't work like our judicial system. There is no third degree murder, third degree theft, or whatever it may be. Um, there is no various degrees of crime or sin when it comes to God. Um, what we see is that all sin is a capital offense when it comes to God. All sin deserves to be judged and punished. We oftentimes we try to um, hide our, hide our sins or or think that we're not as bad as the next person. Um, yes, God, I may sin. I may tell a little little, little white lie here. But Joe from across the street, he's still in cable. Um, yes, God, I, I might have taken a pack of gum, but, but I, didn't, I didn't steal, I didn't rob the bank, God. Um, God, yes, I might, have, I might have looked at this person the wrong way, but, but that's all it was, God. And so we try to hide and package our sin in a way where we, in turn, downplay our own sin. As if God doesn't find it repulsive. As if God does, is not going to judge us according to that. And so the, the type of sin does not matter. The fact that we are sinners matters. You see, God's love does not cancel out that he is God and that he is holy and that he will judge the earth. What God's love, God's love guarantees that he will judge the earth and its people according to his holiness, according to his righteousness, according to his justice. Not what we feel, not what, how we feel, not what we think. But what God says is right and what God says is true. And there's joy in that. There's joy in knowing that that God is going to remain faithful to himself. That despite how I choose to live my life on a daily basis, God will remain faithful to God. God will judge according to his righteousness. And he, as the Bible says, God is righteous. He is right. He is good. Because God is a righteous God, sin cannot be ignored. It cannot go unpunished. Because then he is no longer a righteous God. He is no longer a just God. If God chooses to ignore our sin, then he's no longer God. Then he's, he's contradic- contradicting the very person that he is. We rejoice because of Yahweh's, of the Lord's justice. Because at the end of the day, for God to remain faithful to himself, for God to remain holy, God's judgment will be fair and it will be just. And this is why we cannot save ourselves. This is why God has, this is why we are incapable of saving ourselves and why we need God to intervene on our behalf. 
God takes his worship, his people seriously. God is a God of order. God is a God of detail. Um, a couple months ago, we, we went through the book of Exodus, and we've seen um, just how much God cares about how we worship him. Think about how much detail went into the building of, of the tabernacle. How many chapters it went on and verses it went on. And every little detail mattered to God. It's because God cares about how we worship him. God cares about the order in, in the world. And what we see, and what we'll see from, from here on out is God, in order for us to be saved from our sin, we, we, we need a miracle. And God intervenes on our, for our behalf, on our behalf. God, Psalms 33, 5 says, he loves righteousness and justice. So what we have to understand is, is so whatever God decides, because he is God, it will be right and it will be just. No matter how we feel about it, no matter what we may think, no matter if we think it's unfair, that's not right. Why, why should that happen? What we have to understand is that for God, God is, is righteous. God is just. And he will judge according to his righteousness and justice. And that should bring us joy. That should let us understand that, that no matter what God decides, it will be fair and it will be just. And so God intervenes for us. And my hope and my prayer over the next several weeks is, is that we see how God chooses to rule over his creation. We will see how God saves his people and he gives us a way out. We'll spend some time talking about what it means to enter into a covenant relationship with God. That's God's God's answer for for our sin. God, the way he seeks to reconcile us to himself is to enter into a covenant relationship with us. That is God's answer to our sin. And we, we don't really talk about what it means to enter into a covenant with people. It's a concept that, that often doesn't get discussed nowadays. But hopefully my goal would be to, to let us see the glory and majesty in the fact that we have a God who works through covenants. That he chooses to love on his creation by entering into a covenant with them. We'll see that, that God oftentimes takes the first step. And that's what we need. In order for God to be righteous, in order for God to be just, it needs to be done by him and not us. We have to completely surrender up to God and say, God, you are holy. You are righteous. I may not understand how this is going to work out, but you are God, and I trust you.
So God's way to judge sin will be full of his righteousness, will be full of his justice, and full of his love. And there is nothing that we can do to earn it. There's nothing that we can do to earn our own salvation. There's nothing that we can do to to better ourselves before God. Because God does it all. And so I hope that as we spend the next several weeks looking at at God and his kingship, at God and, and his covenant, that we come to realize just how much God loves his people, that he offers them a way out, that God enters into a relationship, and God is the one taking the first steps. God doesn't wait for us. God just does it because God loves his creation, because he is a righteous and he is a just God, and he will make a way for us, and it will be right, and it will be good. And there's nothing we can do about it. We really want to say that God is a sovereign God. We really want to say that God is a holy God. And we have to understand that it has to be done by God and no one else. That there's nothing we can do, nothing that we can offer to God because he is God. And he will judge according to his righteousness according to his justice because that's what it's at that's what's at the core of God's reign the core of God's kingship of over the earth is his righteousness and his justice and as as the psalms ends we are to rejoice in this Zion hears and is glad and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments O Lord We aren't to be scared that God is going to judge the earth. We are to rejoice in the fact that God will judge the earth because he is a righteous and just God. For you, O Lord, Yahweh, the Most High over all the earth are exalted far above our gods. He is the one and true God. For you who love the Lord hate evil. He perseveres the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. There's deliverance in God. We'll spend the next several weeks looking at this. Celebrating the fact that that our Savior, the last and true covenant that we'll ever need, will come. And we we should be rejoicing in this fact. I'm, I don't want to come up here and, and make it seem like we're all doomed. Um, but there, there's, a, there's an answer to our sin. God has the answer. God is going to make it work out according to his purpose, according to his will, not ours. And we rejoice on the fact that God is a righteous and just God. 
that at the core he has to do what is right. He has to do what is good because that's who God is. And a part of that is the fact that God needs to judge sin. And he takes sin very seriously. I hope you guys join me over the next several weeks as we go over what it means to enter into a covenant relationship with God, the beauty behind the fact that our God is a covenant covenant to God, the fact that he's working things out on our behalf. We are to seek joy in that, rejoice in the fact that God is righteous, that God is just. God loves his people. And despite our sin, despite how we choose to live our lives, God will and is reigning and will give us a way out. Not overlooking our sin, not not acting like we didn't sin, He will address our sin, but at the end of the day, he will give those who believe in him a way out. So I hope you guys join us for the next several weeks as we look to see um, how God chooses to function, how God works things out for his purpose, for his will, for his goodness. With that said, I kept the, hopefully I kept it nice and short this week. Um, we can just bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we, we bow, we come to our knees before your throne, Lord. And we take joy and the fact that, that, God, you are a God of love, you are a God of righteousness, you are a God of, of, just, of justice, Father God. We ask that, that we go, as we go today, we, we, we think about what that means, what, what it means for you to be holy, what it means that you, you're a righteous, what it, mean, what it means that you are a just God, Lord. We ask that, that you... Turn, convict us, Father God, according to your righteousness, according to your justice, Father God. Convict us of any areas in our lives that we need to bring before you, that we need to repent of, Father God. We ask that you meet us where we're at. You give us the joy that comes from knowing that we have a Savior. We have a God who loves us and is working things out for us, Father God. Be with us today. May we dwell in your presence throughout the day. May we seek to honor you throughout this day, Father God. Lord, 
be with us as we go out through this week. Keep us safe on the roads. May we take this week to, 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 to ask ourselves what it means that we serve a holy and righteous and just God and how that works out for us, Father God. Lord, we ask for your love and your mercy and grace over our lives. In your son's mighty and powerful name we pray. Amen.